journey. It's time to talk with Liz and Peter. This Twitter thread I found about Fred Hampton from this white woman, what's her name? Claire Willett. It's kind of old, but like, I, I think that this is information that pretty much every white person needs to see at some point. Kind of old, like May 30th, 2020. Yeah, but yeah, so it's a, a few months old, but I think it's kind of evergreen stuff because the, the point of this whole thing is that white people don't get a, a real accounting of history, especially the parts that are ugly for their race. And I first was drawn to the story of Fred Hampton after college. Like it was something I had to find pretty well. I, I'm sure I just stumbled across it, thought, who is this guy? had to dig on my own. It wasn't something that I ever learned about in any class. When was the first time you learned about Fred Hampton? Tumblr. Tumblr is what educated me about being black in America and what black American history actually is. The way Claire Willett describes it in the article is exactly right as far as when you learn about the civil rights movement, it's through the lens of distorted Martin Luther King quotes. Mm-hmm. I love how she stated that because it, that, that is how I learned it mm-hmm. at an all-white Catholic school. And I'm black, and I didn't know. I'm black Kenyan and Native American, but I didn't know the history of black people in America, the civil rights movement. I didn't know the work that our government was doing to oppose it. You never hear about COINTELPRO in your high school American history class. Of course not. Like Tumblr was what educated me, and I was in my early 20s and just consuming all of this information. It was around that time that I read the autobiography of Malcolm X, and that was what, that one book shifted my worldview completely on its head. And I was like, oh, this should be required reading in schools. Not in college, in high school. It definitively should be. It's a fantastic book. But that book was the catalyst for me seeking out more information and and Tumblr just providing it. There's a really active black Tumblr mm-hmm. that, well, at least before Tumblr got sold and dismantled as it was. But yeah, it was really like an integral part of educating me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I stumbled across COINTELPRO because I got really into conspiracy theories for a while. For a while. Well, still. I mean, it's, it's lightened up. COINTELPRO isn't just a conspiracy theory. It's something that sounds like a conspiracy theory. But after you break into an FBI field office and steal a bunch of memos and related documents to all these things that were supposedly conspiracy theories, they become conspiracy truths. See, my instinct just now was to say, hey, it's really dangerous to even put that word and conspiracy theory in the same sentence right now because Mm -hmm. it's already, like, not believed in general. Mm Mm-hmm. But you're saying before the documents were stolen, it was a literal conspiracy theory because there was no proof. Yeah. And then the proof was found. And now it's dangerous to call it a conspiracy theory because there is proof. Yeah. People hear the word conspiracy and they think that it, it's automatically a theory, right? It's automatically something ephemeral, like that didn't actually happen. Well, but to conspire with people is just a few people get together, they decide on something, and then they do it. Yes. COINTELPRO, this was the FBI, CIA, whoever, conspiring against American citizens. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I know this is semantics, but... Well... And in the same vein, I think the term conspiracy theory has a connotation that's like, well, that's probably not true, but just kind of a bunch of crazy people think it is. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm like, 
it's really dangerous to put the two at the same sentence just because even if, if the sentence is stating this is not a conspiracy theory just linking it together in mm -hmm. people's minds makes or, it yeah, discounted the yeah. in your brain a little bit like oh this could be a conspiracy theory let me just kind of only half listen but you're saying there's hard evidence now at one point there wasn't yeah, and how I got into it was watching History Channel, you know, Ancient Aliens, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. I'm sure I've, I came across it in some medium like that. I feel like for some people, that kind of stuff is a good gateway into things that are real, because I don't know how else I would have come across it. I mean, other than like right now at the age of 31, looking at random Twitter stuff or other social media. It's wild to think that the United States government straight up murdered people, political opponents, organizers. It is. And... I really appreciated this thread for what it said about nice white people. Mm, yeah. That phrase was terrifying to me because it talks about how in response to people protesting, nice white people are convinced to think that there's a certain way to protest and ask for your rights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe in equality and civil rights and stuff. And But, but do you have to be so aggressive about it is right. how Claire Willett put it. And that was triggering to me even reading it i felt it in my body i cringed i wanted to scroll past it very quickly because that's a sentiment i've even heard my close friends say mm -hmm. very close friends i get why they're protesting and i completely agree with it but the property destruction's a little much it just harms the movement and stuff like that and these are well-meaning <clears throat> nice white people who think I who think that they can judge the appropriateness of a protester's actions. Or I don't even actions. think that I would put it all on them like that. Like, as no, they've the, internalized it. That's what. Yeah. Like, that's their default mode. That's and you're right. And that's what Claire Willett was saying. With it's in the air we breathe. It's mm -hmm. baked into us mm -hmm. to believe these things because that's the narrative that's been. Spun. And that was J. Edgar Hoover's goal was to mm -hmm. d develop a culture that, when faced with images of blackness immediately takes a negative stance and views it through a negative filter and reacts in ways that pen it in when in reality people are just asking for basic rights mm -hmm. link blackness to aggression and violence and fear uh-huh yeah and it threat elicit fear when i was reading this i remembered that long conversation we had with your sister was that thanksgiving how she didn't know that the Black Panthers were the biggest school breakfast and lunch program in the country at the time I began the idea of that. Yeah, I didn't know that until you told me either. I think that's incredible. And so this Twitter thread goes at length talking about how the government tied the Black Panthers to that same aggression and fear and Just straight uh, up violence lying about what they're doing. Yeah. And made them out to be incredibly <clears throat> violent. Mm -hmm. But everything you've taught me about them being a community organization and then even as claire willett stated that they're they operated more on the defensive than the offensive defending themselves from the local police yeah this is a miseducation that we've all received oh yeah for sure and i'm frustrated that the only people who seem to know are people who are naturally inclined to seek it out. So yeah. it kind of feels like preaching to the choir. You get this group of social justice-minded activists, a lot of black people, mm -hmm. a lot of white allies and activists, though, as well, who make the choice to educate themselves on these things and educate those around them, but they're the ones who are already inclined to believe these things and be passionate about these things. So I love that the point of this thread was not for those people, but for everyone else mm -hmm. who doesn't know what they don't know. Yeah, the people who are in my mind, influenced by mass media. You know, the mass media, the narrative is 
like black people are violent and scary and the Black Panthers were a terrorist organization and mm-hmm. all of that. And then this is for those same mass media consuming folks. And our national education system. Because mm-hmm. I think putting it just pinning it just on the media makes it seem like Oh, this is just for people who are easily manipulated. Oh, no, yeah. we were all easily no, it's, manipulated. It's, yeah, you're right. It's society as a whole. It's it's the education system. It's the media. It's the government. It is the prevailing force in American life. Well, and it infiltrates all age brackets. I think when we say mass media, I think of an ignorant boomer. Yeah. And I think that's just putting it in too narrow of a box because sure. there are people our age and younger who have been products of the same education system who don't know these things and therefore believe that the protests are unnecessarily violent, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, this affects everyone. Yeah, because at the same time that you're taught what is violent, Black Panthers, Black people, etc., you're also taught what is not violent or at least not shown things to be violent that should be thought of as violent. People lacking health care, or people lacking housing, or people lacking food, or uh, job security, or you know anything like that. The, the things that we should really be outraged about and that are actual threats, we don't see them as violence. Don't you know, even pr- get me started. I'm so mad right now because you're right, and I think it's a really, and I could be wrong here, so correct me if I'm wrong, But in my mind, it's more of a social justice take to label those sorts of human indignities as violence. And I have one of my best friends works within the government. And when I describe those things as violence, lack of health care, basically a lot of the inequality that exists under capitalism as violence, she was like, why do you keep saying violence? She was very confused by my languaging of it. And I had to explain why that was violence. So I think you're completely right. It's miseducation through omission as well. Mm-hmm. And when I say through omission as well, I also mean that when you see, growing up when you see images of like, maybe not as much anymore, but at least back when, you know, we're 30, 31. So when we were going to school, images of like peace and happiness, it was like smiling white children. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the omission of black bodies and those messages of positivity and the word violence becomes associated with what you don't see when you see positivity as well. It's just the omission Mm -hmm. of this. And I think that's why the whole movement of like black boy joy and that type of stuff is Mm -hmm. so important of like smiling, happy, joyful, black bodies doing positive, happy things because that happens too. But we don't often see those images is so important because it's directly counters those messages of violence. Mm -hmm. And then also at the same time, focusing in, in, in the right way, less on the traumatic things that go on mm-hmm. with people of color. Still, we need to seek justice for people who are victims of this social structure, but we don't need to put pictures of dying people every, well, or maybe we do to change the narrative. Cause I, I kind of think that until people really see it up close, I don't know, I, I'm torn on this, this subject because part of me thinks the Vietnam War, you're, you have all those journalists out there just running around, you know, the, that's the reason why the government developed the embedded program because they didn't want journalists running around just taking pictures of whatever they wanted, talking to whoever they wanted about whatever, and actually telling the American people what's going on. And seeing those images, hearing those stories is really what changed public opinion to get us out of that war. I think that the struggle for civil rights as it is right now is pretty similar in that the vast majority of America is not going to move unless they see something, unless they have a feeling that's brought up in them by seeing something they really disagree with or hearing a story that they really disagree with. And 
causing them to develop that empathy for people that they've been indoctrinated to see as an other ever since they came out. I think it's a both and where those images of black bodies are both necessary for mobilization for some and completely destructive for others yeah. and painful and disrespectful yeah. of black lives. And I think it depends on who your audience is right. because I think it's in some ways needed to mobilize white America who, and I'm using that term really broadly. It also describes some black people who, who don't know or aren't educated about the struggle as well. Right. I know some of them too, but I'm going to call it white America who needs to be mobilized to realize like how bad things actually are. Cause mm -hmm. some, like you said, with Vietnam, you don't believe it till you see the photos, mm -hmm. but we have to acknowledge that at the same time, it is re-traumatizing right. and incredibly triggering and enraging for a lot of black people to see their people's bodies just mutilated like on twitter or on the news like it's just so disrespectful in a right. lot of ways and for me personally it's just it feels re-traumatizing it feels like just psychologically like it it just hurts every time it i don't know how to explain it, it just feels like really painful well, i think you i think you explained it that was I mean, I feel like it was comprehensive. But yeah, no, I agree. It's a both and. And so getting back to this thread, you know, I liked her disclaimer, you know, where she said white allies who've done the work and black folks who already know this, this thread's not for you. Yeah. And then she also had that note about how she wasn't going to detail what actually happened to Fred Hampton because, you know, the internet has enough depictions of dead black folks. So yeah, doesn't need to make another. Yeah, this thread is, is fire. Yeah, it's pretty heat. Everybody should read it. I have friends that need to read it. Ooh, yeah. Let's send it to some of them. It's, it's kind of long. That's fine. <laughs> hey, you got to make people invest at some point. You can't just rely on sound bites. That's true. It's just hard with so much out there to consume and such short attention spans. I feel like it's really hard to get people to buy into media that you send to them unless they're the ones that seek it out. I'm going to send this to people, but I don't know if they'll read it all. And that's really disheartening to me. Wah, wah. But do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. When I think about this, I think about the, the necessity of being someone with a reputation of using people's time well so that they'll actually oh. do the things you ask them to do. You know? That makes sense. Because if I'm just leading you on wild goose chases all the time, you're not going to want to go on them after a while. Yeah. Yeah, so like really curating what I'm choosing to show people and who I'm choosing to show it to and how I choose to ask them to look at it has been something that I've been working on lately. I have a few text threads going with some buddies, people from high school, people from college that I, you know, we may not necessarily be on the same end of the spectrum uh, politically and socially, but we like have try to have like private, respectful conversation with each other about what's going on in the world, protests, taxes, what have you. And so I feel like with those guys, you know, I could send them something like this, and they'd actually read the whole thing and give mm -hmm. me an analysis. But with my mom, you know, she would not read this whole fucking thread, right? She's a sixty-three-year-old woman. She does the same thing every day. She's retired. You know. Well, I'm also thinking about some of my best friends, like. 30-year-old working professionals who have, like... Who are so comfortable uh, that they don't give a shit. I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say more like you have a few minutes on your phone while you're cooking dinner. Um, and then you're going to go do stuff with your partner after dinner. So those sound bites are easily digestible and they're quick and you are you still feel like you're informing yourself. But sit, investing more time to scroll through a thread for, like, 10 minutes mm -hmm. is it's just asking more of people, which yeah, I think we ask. need to do. 
but I like what you said about curating what and how we ask so that people know it's worth their time and, and that they know that you're a trusted source of information. Mm-hmm. And that sort of thing provides them with more um, <clears throat> positive experiences, which will make them more likely to both engage on these things in the future and probably come to your side somewhat. Totally. You know, the more flies with uh, honey than with vinegar strategy. Yeah, totally. You actually just inspired me to send this to a few friends because I kind of was, I wrote myself off. I was like, oh, they're not going to read it. But I don't send things very often and I don't send things that take time very often. So if I ask like in a, hey, it really mean, like it means something to me if you would take the time to read this, it'll take you about 10 minutes. Yeah. And if they did, I think it would, it would really benefit each of them. So I think I'm going to do that just because of the way you just framed it for me. So thank you. Yeah. And one thing that I do is I emphasize that, hey, I don't just want you to read this. I want to have a discussion about it because I don't I like I'm not in your head. I don't know what this is bringing up for you. I can assume I'm, I'm going to have some ideas because I traveled a similar path that you did in realizing, you know, and educating myself. But just emphasizing that you want a comfort like you want a dialogue, you know, you just brought up something like curiosity to me as you were reading this. What did it bring up for you emotionally? Um, a lot. You know, there's that feeling that people who think the things that I think and are vocal about them, not that I'm the most vocal person compared to other folk, but, you know, our government has a history of not treating those people very well. Mm-hmm. Fred Hampton, for example, like, I'm not I'm not on Fred Hampton's level, like, I'm not or- out there organizing, but every now and then I scream into the void of social media about things from a Fred Hampton-esque perspective, and the whole thing with COINTELPRO being proven to be a thing because people broke into a FBI field office and stole shit, and yeah, there really was a murder plot, and there was conspiracy, and it's all true and it's likely that the government's still doing those things it's not the greatest feeling in the world so there's that negativity but then at the same time there's kind of like uh well hey at least i'm not crazy i'm not a conspiracy theorist i'm not a crazy nut it really is all happening or has happened before another positive feeling is that well those were cognitions what do you mean those were cognitions rather than feelings so like oh you just want me to get emotional with it no i'm i'm curious not necessarily labeling your feelings could be one word so you felt validated sort of like all this actually happened this is sad that it's the state of the world validated that the things that i thought were possibly conspiracy theories but also probably true are actually true yeah are those feelings enough for you i appreciated both your cognitions and your feelings yeah those made sense also, anytime I hear anything about Fred Hampton, I just feel he just brings up good feelings for me. Not not the fact that he died or anything like that, but that somebody like that existed and was successful in the short amount of time that they were here. And so that's just an inspiring yeah. aspect of it. That purely frustration and almost anger in me reading this thread, and it always does because I want everyone to know this. Mm-hmm. I want it shouted from a mountaintop rather than shouted from a bunch of little tiny places all around that like you only have access to if you're kind of looking for it. So I was increasingly frustrated as I read it, but also feeling like I wish I could say like determined or something like that, but it was mostly just frustration. Yeah. Yeah. I get that.